What would you say if I told you one of your most valuable assets is probably one of the things that you abuse the most? Passwords. This is Cybersecurity Uncensored. Welcome to Cybersecurity Uncensored. My name is Logan. Welcome to the channel. We're glad to have you. Passwords. This seems to be one of those things that we just have to deal with on a daily basis. In fact, we really can't do much online without a password. And since they're not going away anytime soon, it's time to do the password show. Now, before I get stuck into it, everybody seems to have a different view of what makes good passwords. So this one is purely mine. So this is my opinion. You can take it or leave it. But I'd like to provide some solid advice on passwords and how you can set them up and use them correctly. So what makes a good password? A good password is easy to remember, but it's very hard to guess. There's definitely a preference for passphrases over passwords. So passphrase is basically a combination of random words. So you get the length and often the complexity, but you also avoid the simplicity and it's still easy to remember. You should also have a unique password for every single account. That way, if one account gets compromised, they can't be used against you and try to compromise all your other accounts. What this does is it isolates the damage to a single account and it mitigates the possibility of other accounts becoming compromised, especially work accounts and other types of accounts at work. So for example, if you have administrator level privileges at work, that prevents against the thing called credential stuffing. I did a video on this some time ago. I'll put the link to it in the description for this one. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself right now, but I want you to use a password manager. A password manager is just a way to kind of create, manage, and maintain your passwords. And the one password that you need to remember should probably be the longest and most complex one that you remember because the password manager will look after all the rest for you. All right, so let's show some examples of what are not good passwords. There's a list that comes out every year, usually around National Password Day or something like that. It might depend on where you are. But the top 20 that are on this list usually tend to be the same ones. Let's have a look. So what you're probably going to find with a lot of these passwords is they tend to follow common, easy patterns on your keyboard. One, two, three, four, five, six. First of all, it's way too short. Second of all, it's way too simple. And if you really wanted to get tricky, hey, let's just keep adding numbers to it. It's that same sequence. And if you look at the third one, QWERTY, well, all you're doing is moving down a row on the keyboard. Password, well, that's pretty much a given. And if you're really lazy, you can get down to like number seven and just use the same one over and over. <laughs> just a whole bunch of ones or twos or threes or something like that. And you'll notice that amongst the top 10, a lot of them just tend to be very basic numerical sequences. But number 10, they that they start to get tricky with QWERTY123. But then let's look at number 11. Looks initially complex, but it's not. It's actually still following keyboard pattern. 1Q2, W3E. Number 12, well, that might be 10 characters long, but it's very, very simple. Then, of course, you're going to get into things like default, let me in, all these other sort of things. But if you kind of notice that any of these resonate with you and they look familiar, uh, please change your password right away. So you can actually go onto different websites and you can download password lists that are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of passwords all in one text file. And you can use these for research purposes, more or less just to kind of understand what bad passwords are. But there's some companies that use these password lists in their own systems to prevent people from using the same password as one that's on a known bad list. And if you're wondering how they do that, they simply hash the passwords. They compare the hash of the password you've entered versus the hash of the password within the list itself. 
And if the two align, they won't allow you to use that password. So your password is never actually exposed. There's some different methods to do this. Different portals handle password verification in a different way. But if they can prevent you from using a known exposed password in the first place, that's usually a really good thing. But make no mistake about it, cyber criminals also download and use these lists all the time. And they're actually often successful because we keep using the same stupid passwords over and over. So now you can start to understand why we need to keep unique, complex passwords and change them whenever we suspect something might be compromised. So then the obvious question becomes, what is a good password? There's a lot of debate on this one and a lot of people have opinions about it. So I tend to refer to this diagram and let's just talk through it. So definitely want to shout out to Hive Systems for putting this together. This is fantastic. They do produce some good content. So go check them out at hivesystems.io. So if you look at the number of characters, that goes all the way up to 18. And you figure by the time you're getting up to 18 characters, you might have a very strong password. But if those 18 characters are numbers only, a cyber criminal could crack that in six days. So thinking back to some of the examples that was in the ones that I showed you previously, if you had only a 10 digit, that's basically instantly cracked because computers are just so powerful these days that they can create this number of combinations and break it. So what happens if we use lowercase letters? Well, it stands up a little bit better, but the old trusted standard of the eight characters, if it's only lowercase, that's instantly. Even if you have 10, that can take them as long as a minute to crack. But if you go up to 14, that's a year to crack. Now, while that sounds unrealistic that they're going to get in after a year, some are just that persistent. And if you use the same password over time, if you've had the same password for several years, it could eventually be broken. So I usually prefer to get into the areas of the orange and the yellow on this one, just because I rotate passwords often enough that it's probably not a problem. But if you look to the far right of the graph, and if you use numbers, upper and lowercase letters and symbols, if it's only six, which kind of initially looks complex, it can still be broken because there's so many Sony characters that they can actually use. But even if it's 10 characters, upper and lowercase, special and numbers, well, that can take two weeks. So that goes to show you the level of determination and power. So what would I personally use as a password? Well, I would have nothing less than 12 characters and most of my passwords are usually 12 or above, some cases a lot more, but the general guide that I've read a lot of places tends to be between 12 and 14 characters long and a combination of upper and lowercase letters, your special characters, and your numbers. So if you've got that combination, you should be okay. I kind of look at some of these and I'm figuring, well, 226 years for 12 characters with all of that complexity. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be much of a problem for me, but it's pretty interesting when you figure that they've calculated it out that if you've got an 18 character password that has numbers, upper and lowercase letters and symbols, it should take them 26 trillion years to crack that. But one thing I want you to remember about this chart is this is in the present day and age based on present computing power. That's not to say that things aren't going to dramatically improve in terms of computing power going forward. And if the cyber criminals get their hands on that type of technology, this chart can dramatically change. So what's a secure password today? Might not be a secure password next week, next year. So I would encourage you to kind of keep an eye on trends like this to see what's a current password because what you're looking at right now was very, very different back a few years ago. So jump over to Hive Systems. You can download this for free. Uh, I've actually got a copy of this on my website, cyberuncensored.com, but check it out and that should help guide you with creating some passwords. You're gonna hear me talk about password managers a fair bit to help manage your passwords. So based on the level of complexity that I showed you, there's probably no way that you're gonna be able to come up with unique 
special passwords for every single account you've got that actually meet those standards. So that's where a password manager is handy. So before I get into it, people ask, well, what's a good password manager? So this same site, Hive Systems, that I showed you a moment ago, they actually had something showing what are the top rated password managers. So everyone has a little bit of a different opinion on them, but I think most of these are pretty solid. So at the top of the list, you've got Bitwarden, which I'm not overly familiar with, but I've heard of pretty much most of the rest of them. Uh, Dashlane's been around a long time. 1Password is actually my personal preference, and I'm going to say right now that I'm not paid by 1Password to mention it. It just happens to be the one I like. There's Keeper. LastPass is on this list. Now, LastPass has had some stumbling blocks over the last several years with a few a uh, few breaches associated with them. So I'm not sure what their current status is. So we can look at them in uh, in, in depth at some point. You got Padlock, NordPass. Some of these uh, options have been around quite a while. Some of them are fairly new, uh, but put some research into which one probably works best in your case. Uh, they've got different options that for everyone's budget, because you might not want to spend a lot of money or perhaps you're a business that does have a bit of money to spend. So look into password managers. I've done a previous uh, video on password managers, but it's more talking about their function rather than uh, reviewing them. Uh, there's lots of good sites out there that spend a lot of time researching these in depth. So I'd suggest go check them out. So whenever you finally settle on a password manager, you can download and install the app on your computer. So you could put it on your Mac or your PC. Set it up as a plugin in your browser and make it become the default password manager. That way you don't have to deal with the browser password manager that's built in. Those work, they're getting better, but they're still not as secure as a dedicated password solution like 1Password, for example. And the nice thing about a lot of these is that they're cloud-based. So you can install the app on your computer and you can install the app on your phone. And that way you can use it for a password manager, both when you're sitting at your computer or when you're on the go with your mobile phone or your tablet. And the nice thing is, is if you update something, let's just say that you're out and about, and you end up changing a password while you're on your laptop, you can automatically reflect that onto your phone. So you don't have to worry about updating it in multiple locations. If the company you work for uses a password manager, ask about it. There's a lot of benefit to having a corporate supported password management solution. There's some different debate around who's liable in the case that something is compromised, but talk to your employer about it. I think there's a lot of benefit to using a password manager at work, particularly where we're dealing with a lot of sensitive information across a lot of different accounts and services. So having that ability to use unique complex passwords for every single system and have that password management capability is really good. Yes, there's solutions like federated identity management and single sign-on, but not every application in the workplace uses this or will use something central like say Microsoft or Google in order to be the authentication source. So overall, it's unique in every situation. Just do what's right for you, but protect your passwords. And I think that good, unique passwords for every single account and a password manager are the way to go. One of the constants we hear about passwords is that we shouldn't share them. There are situations where we can't avoid sharing passwords. Like, for example, if someone else needs access to a corporate resource that's managed by multiple people, like a switch or a firewall. Well, a password manager can facilitate this. So, for example, you can set up a shared password vault inside of a password manager. And that's where you can keep your service accounts and your various administrator accounts that the other administrators can access. They log in using their own unique password into the shared vault, and then they have access to that shared password. So if someone has to update a password on a router, they can update it in the password manager, and then everyone else has the new password. There's other situations where a new employee has started at a company. Well, how do you get them the password? Well, you can tell them but it's probably easier to give it to them in writing. And what a lot of companies used to do is they'd write it on a sticky note, they'd hand it to the employee and say, you need to change this. 
which is all well and good if you set it up to force them to change the password on the first login, in which case that password became null and void. But in some cases, they gave them a fairly complex password to begin with, and the employee just stuck with it. So what they did is they took that sticky note and they put it inside of a notebook or they put it somewhere else that was quite easily accessible. So if this is kind of behavior happens at your company, stop it, please. Another case is where someone signs up for a new account and then you have to give them the password. Like, for example, if you're dealing with a third party or a consultant or something like that, pretty easy to set up the account. So, yeah, the account is just your username or your email or something like that. But then how do you give them the password? What I've seen done is they'll actually send these details in an email. So they get an email with the username and the password. That's not very good. But then I've also seen them send an email with the username in one email, followed very quickly by the password in another email. Now, while this is separating them into two separate emails, if someone has compromised your inbox, well, they're just going to get both of them anyway. So if you have to transmit passwords this way, use separate channels. So what you can do is possibly send the username by email, but then you could actually text them the password, or you could send it to them via Microsoft Teams or Zoom or something like that. Just be very cautious of how you actually send the messages to people. Using an instant messaging platform is probably the easiest way to completely separate it from your email. But again, do what's right for you. So going beyond passwords, I've covered this in several other videos, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it here. Make sure you've got multi-factor authentication set up because that can often make the difference between a cyber criminal getting access to your account and being shut out. So set up MFA wherever you possibly can and do it on every single account. Make sure to back up your data because if something happens that your devices are lost or stolen, you can always just restore your data onto a new device. If by some chance you get hit by some sort of crypto locker thing, you have a better chance of recovering your data. If you can just blow it away and reinstall it, that way you don't have to worry about trying to pay any ransom, which I strongly discourage anyway. Monitor all of your accounts for unauthorized activity. That includes your bank accounts. And try to develop a personal incident response plan, which is basically a checklist that you can follow when something happens. It'll have some important contact details and different things that it'll ask you to write down, like time, dates, these sort of things. I'll do a separate video on personal incident response. But the focus of this video has been primarily around password, what makes a good password and how to manage them. So hopefully you found the information useful. If you have, please like and share. It doesn't cost you anything to support the channel. Just hit that thumbs up button. Folks, thanks for watching. Appreciate your audience. Take care, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time.